Welcome to Becoming Boundary, the podcast that teaches you how to say yes to the space you need and the connection you crave. I'm your host, Krista Resnick. I'm a master life coach and boundary expert for women. I'm also a sought-after speaker and mother to three adultish sons. It wasn't that long ago that I was a boundary disaster. My time never felt like my own. I couldn't set a boundary and speak my truth. And my most important relationships suffered greatly. Fast forward to today, and I've successfully coached thousands of women to heal from their people-pleasing patterns and step into true freedom and confidence. I created Becoming Boundary to help you do the same. Be sure to tune in for tips and tools from me, interviews with other incredible coaches and therapists and speakers, plus one-on-one live coaching calls and so much more. If you're ready to start setting healthy boundaries so you can create the space you need and the connection you crave, then you're in the right space. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Becoming Boundaried. I am so excited to share with you this amazing and beautiful conversation and interview that I had with Lisa Dion. Lisa is an international teacher. She is creator of Synergetic Play Therapy. She's creator of The Business of Therapy, co-founder of the Synergetic Education Institute, and host of the Lessons from the Playroom podcast. She's also the author of Aggression in Play Therapy. Lisa is obviously someone who, who works, a therapist that works with children. Now, that's not typically my, my niche, my line of work. I don't work with children. But what drew me into Lisa, and we talk a little bit about this on the podcast interview, is how she unpacks the nervous system, how she relates boundaries to what's actually happening internally. And I believe that if we don't understand this, if we don't understand boundaries from a nervous system perspective, what's happening internally, boundaries are always going to be extra challenging. I mean, boundaries are challenging when we're setting, you know, limits, parameters, boundaries with those we love. They're challenging enough. But when we don't have that understanding, that feedback from the body, when we don't have the understanding of the nervous system, I believe that boundaries become doubly challenging. And so when I first heard Lisa speak about boundaries from a nervous system perspective, it was a absolute game changer for me. This really answered a lot of my own personal questions as to, okay, I know what to say. I know I need a boundary in this particular area. 
why are they still so difficult? Why can't I just implement the boundary, say the thing, walk away, whatever it was? Why do I, why do I subordinate? Why do I appease? Why do I go into these old patterns? And with my training and my education and then just hearing the way that Lisa unpacked it, everything began to land for me. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you because I hope that you have many aha moments that also begin to land for you. I highly recommend taking a look at Lisa's book and also her podcast as well. And we'll have those things linked up in the show notes as we always do. But again, she works with children and, and if you're not somebody who has children or maybe your children are older, don't let that deter you because just the way, again, she unpacks things from a nervous system perspective, from an internal lens, I believe that everyone can learn from Lisa Dion. The other thing I talk about in this episode is just how warm and inviting and authentic and honest Lisa's energy and presence is. And, and you'll, you'll understand that when you start listening to the episode. She just has a genuine approach, which I so appreciate in this industry. Lisa is someone that I believe walks her walk, talks her talk. She is honest. She is true. She is real. She is vulnerable. She is vulnerable about those moments where she doesn't always quote unquote nail it, where she doesn't always get it right. And I don't know about you, but for me, that is somebody that I want to learn from, not from somebody that always has things looking perfect and all of the T's are crossed, all of the I's are dotted. I want to actually learn from somebody that's immersing themselves in this work, that is learning from their sometimes quote unquote seemingly mistakes that is willing to pick themselves up and repair and to talk about that in a way that is honest and vulnerable and true. I have so much respect for Lisa and anyone in the self-development, self-help industry that is willing to use vulnerability as sort of a guidepost in how they show up online and in many of their teachings because it's just how how we all connect and resonate with each other. So I've said enough. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode with Lisa Dion and I would love to hear from you after listening. What are some of your greatest takeaways? What really landed for you? I always love hearing from listeners. So don't be afraid to reach out hello at kristaresnick.com and let me know what from this episode shifted or changed for you as a result of hearing my conversation with Lisa Dion. Welcome Lisa Dion to Becoming Boundary. Hi Krista, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I I was 
sharing with you, I was fangirl crushing a little bit before we hit record, just sharing with you how I stumbled upon your work and how from the moment I listened to a podcast, I think you recorded this podcast. Uh, it was many years ago. I, I want to, yeah, 2016, maybe. Mm-hmm. From the moment I heard that podcast and I listened to that podcast probably close to a year ago, I could just sense the genuineness, the authenticity, like there was just something about you that I needed to know more about you and your work. So I dove in and I feel so grateful and honored that you would be willing to take the time to sit with me and have this really, really awesome conversation that I know we're going to have regarding boundaries from a little bit different perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just feel blessed that you asked me to be able to be here and chat with you and share things with your listeners. So yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you, why don't we, I know what you do, but why don't you tell the listeners briefly what it is exactly Lisa that you do? Um, sure. So from a career perspective, um, I'm the creator of synergetic play therapy, which is, um, think of it as a model of counseling with kids. Uh, I'm also the president of the Synergetic Play Therapy Institute. So I train um, mental health clinicians. I train teachers. I train parents around the world on how to understand what's up with their kids, particularly from a nervous system perspective and how to support them in their own um, therapeutic um, uh, growth, learning, integration, et cetera, et cetera. I'm also a mom. So that's the other other big hat that I wear is I'm also a mom. My daughter is almost um, 17, 17 years old now. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. I almost feel like I, I'm almost at the end of a end of a cycle in my in my own world, um, own world these days. Um, and all of that, uh, I, I travel a lot. I teach, I train, I have my own, my own podcast called lessons from the playroom. Uh, I'm an author. I also work with adults and, uh, and, and couples as well, but my, my jam is helping people understand what's going on, uh, in the nervous systems of, of children. And since we all have nervous systems, I suppose that ultimately means what's going on in our own nervous systems too. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where yeah. I've leaned into your podcast. I yes. do have your book. I make your book a recommendation for many of my clients, even who aren't dealing with children. Some are, some aren't, so that they have a really good understanding of their nervous system. Yeah. I, I fundamentally believe like we're all born with our with our bodies and our nervous systems, and there's so much information. And so it's such an amazing tool on how to navigate life. And most of us don't know how to read this instrument. Like we don't know this amazing feedback and, and, and what it's trying to tell us and how to use it. And I, I fundamentally feel like we all deserve, it's the word I use, we all deserve to know and understand the amazing feedback systems that are going on in our bodies. I will endorse that 150%. Because mm-hmm. I knew how to do boundaries. I knew mm-hmm. how to do a lot of things. But when it came time to actually set the boundary or when I was in that state of dysregulation, activated, triggered, whatever we want to call it, all the boundary scripts, all the nonviolent communication, all of the things went out the window. Yeah. So understanding my hardwiring was absolutely a game changer mm-hmm. for me game changer. And now I get to introduce it to my clients as well, which I just can't even tell you. It was like, without it, it was like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole. 
mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. Because totally. they, they continued to feel shame around why they couldn't X, Y, and Z, why they couldn't set this boundary with their partner, their kids, their colleagues, whatever. So once I was able to receive the training and go deeper, it was like, oh, this is the missing link. Yeah. For me, um, everyone makes sense. I don't know know how else to say that. Right. But like once there was a fundamental understanding of, uh, what's going on in the brain, what's going on in the nervous system, what drives us, us being humans to do what we do. Um, when you have enough data points, everyone actually makes sense. And, uh, and, and all behaviors actually make sense. And that's a really cool lens to walk through the world with, to go, ah, that makes sense. That's purposeful. Aha, there's wisdom behind that, which is such a different orientation than what is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? Uh, What is wrong? You know, it's like, maybe nothing is wrong. Maybe there's a paradigm shift that we need to make ourselves to be able to see what's actually happening and what's trying to happen. For me, it's it's been, um, yeah, also a game changer and just uh, helping me love people. Yes. Right. Have me love people and we're all up to up to something and our bodies are trying to help us out. And and um, I don't know, it's, it's created a lot more empathy for me in my own in my own world towards people and myself and my own behaviors. So. Absolutely. That's yeah. why I say game changer. Game so changer. Lisa, how yeah. do you let's start with the basics. This is actually <laughs> one of my favorite questions. I love it when people ask me this. <laughs> what is your definition? of a boundary. There's so many different definitions we can play with, but how do you define a boundary? Yeah. Um, I define the boundary as the point in which I'm about to lose myself. That's, that's my definition of the boundary. Yeah. I that's- stole it. I stole it. I stole your definition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <man>. <laughs> This is my personal confession podcast. (laughs) You you can steal it. Um, Yeah. The boundary, the boundary for me is the point in which uh, I, if if whatever's going to continue happening, whatever that may be, um, that I will no longer be able to stay in relationship with myself. That's Mm -hmm. the boundary. Yeah. And, And because of that, I don't actually, I can't predict when that boundary is going to arise. Yeah. And, and that for me, um, feels like a really important understanding, at least in my paradigm of boundary setting. Cause so often people come at it as, um, you know, boundaries are sort of like my list of non-negotiables, you know, my list of non, my, my list of rules, um, Yep. I've worked with enough couples to know that that list of non-negotiables when they first got married and then now they're sitting in my office going, let's see how we can navigate through this affair. That clearly wasn't a non-negotiable, right? So, so these boundaries are really, they're arbitrary. Yes. They're flexible. Yes. They move. They change. Um, they, uh, they're not static. And I think when we get into a rigid frame of mind about a boundary, it becomes inauthentic and it, it loses the, um, there's something that that's all of a sudden not organic about what's arising in the moment. That's even indicating to us, it's time for the boundary to be, to be, um, to be set. You know, who really helped me understand this was, was kids. 
so many conversations with kids where kids would get in trouble, for example, right? The boundary was set, okay, whatever it was, and then they would get a consequence. And the child would say, like, I don't understand. Like, I, like, 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 I don't get it. Like, I, but I got to do it last week. Why am I, why, what, what about, what about this week? Or I don't understand, like that consequence doesn't even match like what I did. And it was like this just like profound confusion that I kept hearing from kids about not even un, like the boundary itself didn't make sense to them. And it, and it was like, right, <laughs> right. Because, um, because, because the rule, the boundary, uh, if it doesn't make sense, then it's just, it goes into question. Like, well, why, I don't, I don't understand why that was a bound. I don't understand why that was a rule. Um, and what it helped me understand was that, yeah, because the boundary is something out here versus something in here. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a difference between, for example, a boundary being like, you can never do that, or that's not okay to do that versus well, in this moment, how did that feel relationally between us? Did I feel like I, it was okay in this moment? Um, even if it didn't feel okay in this moment, is the way I'm going to handle it in this moment the same as how I would handle it in another moment? Um, so all that to say that I think so often we put these arbitrary boundaries and rules out here that really don't ultimately make sense when, from my perspective, the real boundary is an, an internal um, uh, like I said, it's the moment when we feel like we're about to lose ourselves. It's a, it's a, it's a re- an internal relational decision, if that makes sense. Well, it does. And I, I was hoping that you'd unpack that a little bit. Yeah. For the listeners. When you say lose yourself, it's almost like I picture a fork in the road uh-huh. and it's like, you're coming to that fork and you're asking yourself in that moment, who am I going to be and how am I going to show up in this situation when somebody comes at me with an offensive joke or somebody comes at me with a really, really hurtful, critical, judgmental tone? Am I going to stand in my truth, even if my knees are knocking, even if my body temperature is five bajillion degrees, am I going to stand for myself? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to acquiesce and go down the other fork, the other side of the road and, and move into my old patterns, my people pleasing, my codependent type patterning? Is that a little bit what you're referring to? Um, it is. Yeah. Or, or the other one, which is just um, pretend, like ignore, like just shut the whole thing and pretend like this isn't even happening and just check out from the check out from the moment. So I, I, we can almost think of it as three choices, right? Do I stay true to me? And that can look many different ways, but do I stay connected to myself? Like your language, staying my own truth, right? Stay connected. Do I lean really far into your space and people please to try to get you to like me or not be mad at me or to try to shift your view or opinion about whatever's happening right now to try to keep myself safe. Or I just pretend like the whole thing's not even happening whatsoever. And then, and I just, you know, ignore and go on my merry little way. Meanwhile, I felt that thing in my body and and it's, and it's in my body, even though I'm pretending like I wasn't really, really affected, affected by it, you know? Yeah. So when you say in your body, 
Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so nervous system stuff. So when we perceive a challenge, so, I mean, I think we could go ahead and, and make the parallel. We're not going to feel like we need to set a boundary if we're not perceiving a challenge. So here we are, we're perceiving a challenge. When we perceive a challenge, um, our system is so beautifully designed to help us take the challenge on. And we will go one of two ways. Um, if we feel like we can do something about it, we will rev up into a more sympathetic, aroused, activated state that can look like getting anxious and, and our energy starts to, you know, this kind of energy, um, or it can go into um, irritation, aggression, starting to get mad, get angry. So that's your sort of revving your system up to, to, to you know, meet the, meet the challenge where it's at. Or we go into a, um, a dorsal shutdown response, which is we start to withdraw, we start to shut down, we start to go into a place of um, immobilization. Uh, you know, our, our body goes the other way. So one is we we take it on, the other is we we withdraw. Both of them are protective are protective patterns. And and really, what we just talked about in terms of your different choices of what you might do in any given moment. So are you going to rev up into sympathetic, or are you going to withdraw into uh, into a dorsal parasympathetic? Uh, response. Um, when I say connected, here's a here's a here's a little a little piece that I think is um, really interesting because it, it it challenges some of the things that we hear um, out there. When I say connected, I am talking about um, a moment of regulation with ourselves. And when I talk about a moment of regulation or being connected to ourselves. Um, a lot of people equate that moment with a calm. Oh, I've got to stay calm, right? I got to be really, really calm. And that's actually a really big misunderstanding about what regulation is. Regulation doesn't actually mean calm. Regulation or to connect with yourself means to have a mindful, a moment of mindful awareness. That's what it means. It, it means to, like literally just to connect. Um, it means to become aware. So in this moment that I'm perceiving this challenge in front of me and I'm, I'm feeling like, do I set a boundary or not? The real question, it's not, oh, how do I calm myself down? The question is, how do I connect with myself in this moment? Because I'm activated in one way or the other, right? Here's the challenge, right? So Krista, you just did something in my perception. I feel like I need to set a boundary with you because I feel like I'm, a, I'm about, to, about to lose myself a little bit, about to lose connection with myself. I'm noticing that I'm either trying to rev up into that sympathetic arousal, or I'm starting to shut down and withdraw. And the question in the moment is, what do I need to do to come home? Right. What do I need to do to come home to get back to myself, which is not how do I stay really calm right now? Um, The question is, how do I have a moment where I can become mindfully aware? I'm really scared right now. I'm really anxious right now. I'm really afraid right now. I really wish I didn't have to deal with this right now. I'm noticing my body shutting down, like whatever our truth is in the moment, because you can't become aware of your truth if you're not connected to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, And, and so when we just react because there's a challenge and we're designed to do that without this moment of becoming aware of what's happening in the moment, um, that's where we start to disconnect from ourselves because we get lost in the activation, 
right? We get lost in the, I'm revving up, I'm starting to get mad, or I'm revving up, I'm starting to get anxious, or uh, I'm, I'm becoming so overwhelmed that I'm actually starting to like, you know, get a little like sleepy or shut down or depressed or whatever it is. And, and the further we go into our activation, the further we move away from our core, our, our core self, if you can think of it that way, right? It's like our protective patterns come in to take over. So the question is, how do we come back? Yeah, yeah. How do we come back, right? The question, how do we come back? How do we come back into, right, come come home? And that's that's why I define the boundary as the moment I'm about to lose myself because it's that moment, right? The moment where I'm like, oh, goodness, oh, goodness, right? I'm about to, right? Yeah. That's the boundary. That's the boundary. That was some of my greatest work. That is some of my clients' greatest work right yep. there. That pausing just for a moment to go, what's happening in my system? Exactly. And that's the connecting to self. Yeah. So we connect to ourselves through breath. We connect to ourselves through movement. We connect to ourselves through the pause, through curiosity, through noticing. We connect to ourselves through feeling our feet on the ground, feeling what our legs feel like, feeling like what our what, what's our tummy feel like, what our arms feel like. And we start to listen to what our body is trying to reveal to us. And again, in that moment, you don't feel calm. It's not a calm moment. It's a connected moment, but it's not a calm moment. Um, that's so that's that's so key because I feel I'm saying this because I see so many people jump to I'm getting activated. Let me get calm. Yep. But they're not able to pull it off because they're still perceiving a challenge. The system's not calm, and then in the attempt to be calm, they lose themselves even more because yep. <laughs> yep. yep. they can't pull it off. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And I'm seeing it all over in the growth, like calm. We got to be calm, the power of calm. And when I heard you begin speaking to this, I thought, yes, 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 yes. Thank you that somebody is speaking to this very, very non-negotiable topic. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I, I know that your audience, um, you know, is a full range of ages and, and not just focused on, on children, but I'll say this piece that there is, there's a lot out there about, you know, a child that's having a hard time. They just need a calm adult and, and, and no, they don't, they need a connected adult. Yeah. And that is very, very different. And in the moment when a boundary is, is needed, um, we need a connected person to be able to differentiate and understand what kind of a boundary do I want to set. So here's another little layer that I like to think about. In these moments when I can connect to myself in my nervousness or anxiety or fear or whatever's coming up for me as I'm considering setting the boundary or as I'm you know in this relational moment with, with, the, with the challenge, um, when I'm able to do that, I allow myself now to have access to options. I allow myself now to have access to higher centers of my brain where all of a sudden I can respond in the moment different than just react in a protective pattern in the moment. Because as you know, when we set a boundary, not all boundaries look 
the same. Yep. Not all boundaries need to sound the same. And, and we don't know what kind of boundary we need to set unless we're present in the moment to know what kind of boundary we need to set. Maybe in the moment, the boundary sounds something like, wow, that was a zinger. Maybe that was the boundary. Yeah. Maybe the boundary, uh, maybe the boundary is, uh, sounds more like, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I do wear weird clothes, you know, maybe it's like taking it on or whatever it is, you know, like, yeah, totally. Thanks for noticing that my outfit's strange today. Yeah. Maybe that was the boundary. Maybe the boundary is, Hey, that didn't feel so good. Mm. Maybe that's the boundary. Mm. Maybe the boundary is simply a, um, you know, I just remembered that I have something to do. Nice talking with you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go take care of this other thing that I need to do. And maybe in the, maybe in the moment I recognize I didn't even need to say anything about what the person said or did. And there's so many different ways of setting the boundary. And unless I'm connected to myself, I don't, I don't have access to which one might be most useful in the moment. I just feel so much freedom as you're even speaking about that rather than this. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're setting boundaries from those rigid places, mm-hmm. I know for myself personally, when I, when I started dipping my toe in the water of boundary work, I was so boundaryless because I was so disconnected from myself. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do I feel in my body? I feel my heartbeat. That's about it. <laughs> Else. Yeah. I was not disconnected. Yeah. But then I went into more of a boundaried, uh-huh. so aka barriered, right? Until I started to scratch my head and go, gosh, you're kind of lonely and isolated. What's going on here? So for me, rigidity is always a red flag for setting boundaries from that place of again, pattern, fear, control. Would you agree? Oh, well, totally. And that and that was what my child clients were helping me understand was that when their parents were setting the boundaries in those ways from that rigid place, it actually didn't make any sense to them because it wasn't relational. It it didn't, it didn't make sense. It just felt like this arbitrary rule of right, wrong, but it didn't actually, it didn't make, it didn't, it didn't feel really deeply meaningful for them. So totally. Yeah. But when you say connected, I'm thinking about you know, the toddler that's having the full fledged tantrum in the middle of the aisle number four at the grocery store. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you got to be connected. Were you in my life when my daughter was younger? No, sorry. <laughs> I will never forget. I will never forget when I had my three boys in the grocery store one day and I turned my back for a moment. I was, I think I was picking out apples or something. And a woman comes up to me and taps me on the shoulders and goes, um, ma'am, your three children are throwing tomatoes at each other. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, what's the problem? I don't see <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. 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 Um, so when you say connected for those people that are listening, going, I don't totally get it. What would that look like? You're in the middle of aisle four. He's yeah. Having a tantrum. He's kicking, he's screaming. Yeah. How do I connected? What does that even mean? What does that look okay. like? I love this. So let's, yeah, let's break this down. And we have that, that scenario. Okay. So the first thing for us to understand is that our nervous systems talk to each other. That's the first thing to understand. And that when we are with someone else, our nervous systems say hello, okay? Um, Because our nervous systems are energetic in nature. The reason why I'm saying that is this. 
when our children, so let's say, well, all right, I'll just go with, I'll, I'll, I'll take the same scenario, but I'll pretend it's my daughter. Okay. So Avery is uh, in, you know, whatever aisle, whatever of Target. Great. She's throwing the temper tantrum about to roll down the aisles, whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cause that might've happened before. <laughs> right. <laughs> so here's the deal. So I'm, she is um, sympathetically activated in the moment. Okay. Right. Her energy's up. She's, she's, she, she's activated. Um, the, the first thing for us to recognize is we're going to feel it. That's like the very first thing for people to even recognize whether you want to or not, you're going to feel the other person's activation period. So as I am observing her and as I'm interacting with her, my own nervous system saying hello to her nervous system is going to quicken into sympathetic activation. Okay. So that's the first thing to recognize. I can't avoid that. I am going to be affected. So here I am in sympathetic activation. By the way, part of the brilliance of that is that it's designed to help us with empathy. Because if I can get a felt sense of what it feels like to be you for a second, mm-hmm. yeah, then I, and I can resonate with you for a second, I have a lot of information about what's going on for you in the moment. So that's part of the wisdom and, and, you know, we're social creatures and it, we, we communicate with each other on so many levels other than just our, just our words. So we're, we're like feeling each other out, you know, as we, as we move through the world. So that's the first, first thing to understand. So now I'm a parent. So here I am, I'm, I'm sympathetically activated myself because I'm feeling her nervous system, but now there's a compound effect because I'm embarrassed. I'm like, can people see, can people hear what are people thinking about me? Are people judging me? Are they judging my kid? Okay. So now there's a compounded effect in my system. So now I have like a, a double whammy, if you will, of arousal in my system. Yep. Okay. This is a really critical moment in boundary setting because this is where our own historical, uh, primitive evolutionary patterns kick in. Because our system says, this doesn't feel good, make it stop. So the impulse right away is to try to do something to try to make the child stop, right? To like, like, stop, you can't do that. Like, you know, whatever it is. But it's important to recognize that that boundary actually has very little to do in the moment with the other person. That boundary in the moment has everything to do with, we are deeply uncomfortable over here, Mm. deeply uncomfortable. And I need my kid to stop because I don't know how to connect to myself in all of this uncomfortable thing, stuff that I'm feeling over here. Yeah. Okay, so evolution, whatever protective patterns will say, make it stop in the environment so that we don't have to feel it over here. Mm. We call it, I'm trying to be helpful. Mm. But what we don't understand is who we're really trying to help is us. Yeah. She's clearly fine with it. (laughs) She's she's doing her, she's clearly fine with it in the moment, right? It's, It's me in the moment that's having the hard time. So here's the moment of, um, 
my relationship with myself. So here I am, I'm activated. I now have a choice between reacting and responding. If I react, it's going to be an attempt to shut her down. In order for me to respond, I have to connect. So what does that look like? Taking a freaking deep breath. Yeah. Power of the pause. Oh my gosh. Pausing, taking a deep breath, finding myself in the midst of all of this, having a moment with myself of, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Right. Having, having a, a moment of, um, wow, I, uh, I, I am so mad at my kid right now. Uh, you know, having, having a moment of, of honesty with ourselves about what's actually going on. Um, movement is helpful. So maybe in the moment I let myself have a moment of like, and actually like ground myself through my own body. You know, maybe I go like, okay. You know, and I, and I use my own body to, to ground myself into my own, into my own body, whatever it is in this moment, what I'm doing. So we'll get down into the, 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 the nitty gritty, the neuroscience, I'm activating two states inside of me. I'm activating my sympathetic aroused state, and I'm also accessing my ventral state, which we haven't talked about yet. So our ventral state in our nervous system is the part of us that brings in a felt sense of safety. And so if you can imagine this, when I take that breath, I'm bringing in a moment of safety in the midst of all of the fear. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm bridging together. Okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel out of control all at the same time. Okay. I can feel my body. I can be grounded. Oh my gosh. This is really, a, this is really intense. Right. So I'm, I'm literally holding on to myself. It's kind of like, if you think of a tornado, how can I have one part of me in the eye of the tornado with the other part of me in the turmoil of the tornado, right? Because there's a, there's a, there's a center point that we can access. So as I breathe, as I have a moment of truth, I connect with myself. Now I get to ask, now what do I want to do about the boundary? Yeah. Because the moment I do this, I may discover, I don't actually need to set a boundary. This is actually a little entertaining. (laughs) I actually did that. that. We live in a small community. My kids are 23, 20 and 18. And um, so one of them, I think they were around like three Mm -hmm. and I just made the decision that I was going to keep walking again, small town. They were going to be fine. And one of the gals up at the front at the customer service, somebody must've came up there and said, "Uh, lady, there's a kid screaming in aisle three. And she's like, oh, that's that's Krista Resnick's kid. I know what she's doing. It's totally fine. We're all good here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so what a beautiful thing is I can't make that decision. If I immediately jump into, this is not okay. I have to set a boundary that, that, that rigid place, right? I have to come back into that point in which I'm about to lose myself. Right? I got to come back to that point and ask, all right, now that I got a hold of me, what do I want to do now? Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I just want to go, oh, interesting. Hey, Avery, I'm going to, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go find some cotton balls. I'll see you on the next aisle over. I'm going to go get the cotton balls, right? Pickles. We need pickles to go we along with I'll we'll see you in the pickle aisle, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe, and maybe that, maybe that's the boundary. And the boundary is I'm going to remove myself from the situation, right? Yeah. Maybe the boundary is, um, you know, I gently walk over and, you know, get down on the and go, hi, I see you. Looks like you're having a hard time. All right, let me know when you're done. You know, maybe that's the boundary. Or maybe the boundary is um, acknowledging and redirect. So let me actually offer this to some of the listeners as a possibility of if we did decide we wanted to, to take it on very directly, what that could look like. And I'm a huge fan of acknowledging and redirecting. So that could look something like, wow, babe. Okay, so um, got it. You're frustrated, you're mad, whatever, whatever's happening right now. Um, huh, I wonder, I, I wonder how you can show me another way. Mm. Oh, hey, you, you really want it, you really want that soap. <laughs> you didn't like it when I told you that we couldn't that we couldn't buy that soap. Hmm. Show me another way that you're really mad that you didn't get to take this, that we're not gonna get the soap. And what I love about that, Lisa, right there, whether it's your three-year-old having a tantrum, your partner, your 16-year-old, not to cut you off, but I think this is really important for listeners, is we're teaching then our children to be okay with their big feelings rather than, hey, we are in public, you got to stuff. Totally. Totally. Exactly. It's saying you're okay. Totally. okay who you are. Yeah. Well, I love what you said before around you linked the um, the rigidity with control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for us to remember that when we, um, uh, I talk about it as I, I threw the dam down, right? Like the, here was the current and I threw the dam down to get the, make the water stop moving. That's how I think of it. I'm like, no, stop, right? Um, and it's an attempt to control the situation because some part of us feels out of control. Yep. And again, we can, we can label it all kinds of things like, no, they need to, they can't do that. It's not socially okay. Or, or no, they have to, they have to learn right from wrong. And it's like, totally. Yeah. But throwing the dam down in the moment is about us, not about them, because we can still teach our children or whoever our partners whoever, right. About, about what's what's socially acceptable or not, or not, but we can do it without throwing the dam down. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And, and so this really leads me into my next question. You mentioned, you know, we circled back to control there for a moment. I think control, which aligns beautifully also with approval is what some of what makes boundary boundaries so hard. Yeah. We we need to know that people like us, that people think well of us, that our employees are fond of us, that they think that we're working tirelessly to get the job, whatever the situation is, right? Approval and control are are two of the top reasons I think why boundaries are so challenging, but why else when we're talking about the nervous system and the body might boundaries be challenging? So in our evolution, if we go all the way back in our, in our evolution, survival was dependent upon being a part of the group. Yeah. 
And so we are hardwired on some level to be prying, to be sensitive towards being rejected out of a group. So being rejected out of a group, being rejected out of a relationship in our system literally lands as something is not safe. And for some people, it lands almost as deep as my life depends on this. Yeah. And I just want to normalize that. If that's not random, that's not that, that, right. That's not random. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with someone. If it lands that right, if it lands that deep, we're, we're wired for that. And that was our evolution a very long time ago. Yeah. And part of what we are asked in our current evolution is to how can we, yes, recognize that social connection is important, but how do we also allow ourselves to differentiate at the same, at the same time, right? Both are necessary for our, for our growth, right? How can I be me and be connected at the same, right? At the same time. So all that just to normalize the idea of um, wanting someone to really like us genuinely feels painful at the thought of they don't like us anymore. It lands really, really, really deep. Yeah. What I will say, however, is that when we don't find that differentiated point inside of us, we're back to losing ourselves again. Yeah. So I have a choice. So in these scenarios, I have a choice. Um, I can either stay connected to me, but it might mean I lose other. Mm -hmm. Or I can try to stay connected to other, which almost definitely means I'm going to lose me. So it's a choice. Yeah. And it's a choice that I think at some point we've got to get really serious about it. We do. We do. We do. Um, because we're not, it, it, it is what we're being asked of now in our own, right. In our own growth and our own, in our own trajectory. Right? How do I, um, I heard this beautiful quote one time and it, I'm going to totally butcher it, but um, to the, it was something to the, something to the effect of, um, I would have the whole world against me rather than me against me. Mm, yeah. And there was something, there's something so beautiful in that, you know, it's like, can I develop a relationship with me that is so secure yeah that um that i that my own internal sense of okayness is not dependent upon whether or not someone likes me or doesn't like me because in those moments i'm putting my i'm putting my my internal boundary in someone else's hands yeah rather than me being in charge of my own boundary, right? And my own sense of who am I and my truth and what feels right for me and what am I up to um, versus just handing it over and having someone make those decisions decisions for us. So I think that is another, you know, fork in the road, as you were saying, is at some point I have to look at, um, do I want you to like me or do I want me to like me? Yes. 
you know? Yes. And that's wow. where so much of this work, as I like to say, is self-discovery work, mm-hmm. doing that deep worth work to really fall in love with ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that so much because we can almost think of the ability, the ability to connect to ourselves in these, in these moments that we're talking about, to even become aware of what our truth may even be in the moment, to then be able to get curious about what kind of boundary we may or may not want to set. Um, what a profound act of self-love. Yeah. I mean, just taking that breath in the in target while you're activated is a moment of self-love, right? It's it's a moment of I'm worthy of being connect, I'm worthy of connecting to myself in this turmoil, right? I'm worthy of being in relationship with myself right now. Um, that's a that's a pretty powerful message that we can that we give ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's saying to your system, I see you. It is. I honor you. Mm-hmm. I respect you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Would you also say, Lisa, that boundaries are challenging because so many of us aren't understanding the feedback of the body? I would. I would. I, I would. I would put the feedback of the body because we don't. How do you know that point if you're not listening to the cues, right? Like, how do we? How do we? How do we know where? Where we don't. We don't know where the boundary is unless we can feel where the boundary is. So if we're not in our bodies or able to listen to the body cues, we're going to have a hard time listening to that moment or, or, or being able to sense that that moment of, Ooh, I'm about to disconnect from myself, right? I'm about to, I'm about to lose myself. I think that coupled with this thing that you and I've been kind of planting seeds along the way with of so many of us are raised in rigid boundary setting yeah, that it, the whole thing gets really confusing. Because if we're so used to rigid boundary setting or right or wrong boundary setting or rule-based boundary setting, you don't have to learn anything about your body in that. You just have to follow the script. Oh, spot on. That was my whole, you just nailed it. Whole childhood. Yeah. So why would I have to, why would I have to learn how to attune to myself? Just follow the rule and stay out of trouble. Yeah you know, or don't follow the rule and, you know, suck up the consequence, but I don't, I don't have to learn about my relationship to what's happening to me. Yeah. That was how my perfectionism actually showed up. I never identified as a person who struggled with perfectionism, Mm -hmm. but then I started to really unpack. Oh, I, I always have to do everything right. Mm -hmm. I always have to get it right. That was how, and it came from that rigidity in my childhood. I had to get it right to be the good girl, to be the nice girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'll share this and I'm not saying this because I'm saying that I've nailed it as a parent because I've had moments where I nail it as a parent and I've had many moments where I've completely botched it, you know, as a parent. But one of the things that Avery and I talk about um, is, uh, is this piece. So Avery, as far as like a, a discipline boundary style with her, um, you know, I, I don't know if she's ever been grounded or ever like that's never been the approach of like you broke the rule and then this our, our the boundary has always been a relational a relational boundary and a relational 
moment of like, well, okay, so that didn't feel good. So I'm not sure about, it's not, it's not feeling inspiring to me to now go drive you over to your friend's house because of like what just happened. And so I'm going to, I'm going to need to pause here and take care of myself for a minute and then decide where I'm at. If I feel like jumping in the car and, you know, driving, driving you over, it's a relational piece, right? It's a, a relational respect piece. Um, or, you know, there are those moments of like, let's say she, you know, did make an interesting decision about something and it's a, it's a, okay, so that didn't feel good for me. I'm guessing part of that didn't feel good for you either. So how do we, how do we do this in a way where you're feeling respected? I'm feeling respected. Cool. So it sounds like what we're landing on is yeah, probably not a great idea for you to go out next weekend, you know, kind of a thing. Like, it sounds like we both need a little bit of repair. I need a little repair. You need a little bit of repair. Our relationship needs a little repair. So we're going to go that, you know, we're going to go that route. And I know we're talking about discipline, but there's still the boundary piece in there. And it's, it's, um, right. It's an, it's an organic, it's like, what has to happen now? Yeah. And what, what, what is meaningful now? Uh, even when I train therapists, I tell therapists, look, the bottom line is you won't know what you're going to do until you get there. Yep. Yep. You you don't know how you're going to respond until the moment itself arises. Yeah. And then when the moment arises, can you have the courage to connect to yourself and listen? Yeah. And listen to what your body's trying to tell you and listen to your truth in those moments and then lead from there, right? Let that, let that unfold. And then the beautiful piece is because let's not make a fantasy out of this. Um, there are many times that we don't honor it and we don't listen to our bodies and we miss the cues and, and, and all of that. And many, many times with, uh, with, with a reparenting, and then we get to come back and do the repair, which for me is also a boundary. Yeah. So when I come back and I do a repair with myself, first of all, like, wow, Lisa, you didn't speak up. I'm resetting the boundary with myself. I'm renegotiating that moment with myself. I'm repairing that moment with myself. Like, wow, Lisa, like, I see the impact that decision had on you. I said, I, right. Okay. Got it. We're going to learn from that one. Or if I did throw the dam down and I did have a moment of boundary setting where I, you know, I reacted. Okay. Okay. I'm a human being. Okay. And then how do I come back around and go, huh? After some reflection, that wasn't actually the way that I wanted to handle that. Can I share with you a little bit about what happened for me and, and why my reaction was the way that, it, that you know, that it was. And, um, and let me repair with you around that. Cause I probably didn't feel so good for you that I yelled at you or I said what I said in the way that I, the way that I said it, you know, that probably didn't feel so good. I know it didn't feel good in me. I imagine it didn't feel good in you. What I love so much about what you and I teach, and please know that there are some aspects of traditional boundary work that I do implement. You know, if I'm invited to a gathering on Saturday night. I'm an, I'm an early bird. I love early mornings. Mm-hmm. Therefore I go to bed quite early in the yeah. evening. And so if I'm invited to a gathering party celebration, perhaps on Saturday night, 
I do like to set those, I guess you'd maybe call them like a preemptive type boundary. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. So appreciative. I just oh, want to let you know ahead of time. I'll be sneaking out around nine o'clock, <laughs> right? Like totally. so awesome to be totally. able to do that. But what I love about how you and I teach boundaries is that it's so relational. It is so vulnerable. Yeah. It is so honest. It is. Babe, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm really struggling to connect with myself. I am feeling grouchy as all get out. Can you just X, Y, and Z, whatever the request might be or whatever it is that I need. It's so honest. Totally. 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 And I, I imagine Krista, even in the, even in the boundary of, I'm going to be, you know, sneaking out around nine, I guess it's even in those moments that it's 8.50 and there might be even a moment where you check in with yourself and you ask yourself, nine, nine, 10? Yes. So, that, that, so there's even that, that, that flexibility even there too of rechecking, right? Yeah. Of rechecking and how am I feeling and, and what choice would I like to make and what feels meaningful for me now? And I love that, right? It's the uh, it's the unfolding, right? It's intention and unfolding and intention and unfolding. It's 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 beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, and where we'll end is is just really with that statement right there is that when you are connected and do this beautiful self-discovery work, you have the opportunity then to really play with and be more fluid with your boundaries. Totally. Exactly. And I play around with with what they sound like, what they look like. Yeah. Boundaries look like so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. And they can actually be a lot of fun. They can be. They can be hilarious, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like the toddlers screaming in the pickle aisle. (laughs) Well, Lisa, I just am so grateful again for your time, for your wisdom. We'll have all the links to where people can find you in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with before we say goodbye? I think just the, that that definition of of you know that the boundary is the point where you're about to lose yourself and spend time exploring that point. Yeah. Well, now that you've exposed me and where this definition that I use actually comes from, <laughs> so for those listening, I guess perhaps maybe. There's no ideas that are all that unique. They all come from somewhere. And mine came from Lisa Dion. So now you all know. (laughs) Well, that's what I talked to Jason about in the podcast that you listened to. So there you go. Yeah. And that's what really got me spinning out on, in every good way, spinning out on this journey of taking boundaries to a whole deeper level. So thank you. Thank you, Krista. If you like this episode or you're a fan of the Becoming Boundaried show, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets and with your family and friends. And if you're feeling really generous, we would love for you to hop on over to iTunes and give us a review. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this community. Have an amazing week and as always, Stay true to you.